1: Raiders Chip Walters joining us
0: AP Tennessee Sports editor three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer she covers the Titans the Predators the Grizzlies college football and hoops please make welcome Teresa Walker high school sports is what we do but it's not all we do don't forget about top five Tuesday and wild and wacky Wednesday
1: be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on southern middle Tennessee sports today 1017 WKOM
0: covering the teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris joining us now on the parks motor sales hotline and the expert on this one because i I, i'm really excited to hear what joe has to say because i've I've seen his tweets i've seen his 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 lane kiffin jokes i've seen everything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we welcome in now on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, Joe Richter from The Athletic. Joe, thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, guys. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, man, I, I must say, you know, I'm trying to be – I'm sure as time goes on, you know, it's just like anything. You, uh, you can find the bright side, There's some positives. There's some – you compare to the last coach, you can find some positives. But, boy, uh I, I hate this tire. I, I just, I, I really do. I just, I think it's doomed, and uh, I think it's a kind of sad commentary on where Tennessee is right now.
0: I think it's lazy, but other than that,
1: we'll see. I think it's a realistic car. There's that. I mean,
2: yeah. Joe, you know
1: what? Why do you hate it?
2: Well, I think you're right, but again, I mean that's that's part of. I mean, it's sobering out and granted like a lot of people say well what did you expect and, and i hear that and i think if you if you say it like okay you're talking about a, a the head coach with a very good record at a program that's probably as close to the power five as any you know non-power five program is if you I mean, if you say it that way it's like okay i mean that sounds <laughs> about right i mean butch jones was, you know, the Cincinnati head coach who'd had some success. Um, obviously, the last guy was not a head coach, and I think it is important to have in this job someone who has demonstrated success as a head coach. The, the, a few things about it. One is, you know, I, I think one is I think expectations they did for me, and I think for a lot of people, changed when Danny White was hired. So when Danny White's hired, all you heard, and with good reason, was this guy has an incredible knack for – finding coaches, for identifying coaching talent, going up the beaten path, and finding coaches. The funny thing is, as I talked to people last week, um, the one counter to that is, yeah, but what about Heifel? Because, you know, UCF has gone the wrong direction under Josh Heifel. Now, it's been a short period of time, but, um, you know, he inherited a Ferrari. I mean, he inherited a... Well, a national champion, depending on uh, you know, your, your perspective. But, you know, certainly inherited an undefeated team that just beat Auburn. He had a great first season. They took a step back in his second season. They took a significant step back this season. Their recruiting has gone the wrong direction. Now, does this season, do you have to view it through the lens of it's COVID and different programs affected differently? Sure, I think that's fair. But um, – it, it, when you have that expectation for Danny white coming in and then basically a week later, he brings in the backup 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 plan and a guy who was, a, you know, was not his first choice to, re- to replace Scott Frost by, by all accounts during that search. And it's hard to, for, for me, it's hard to get excited about that.
0: I, I absolutely agree with you on this point. What, I'm going to do is just let it ride at this point because honestly, what choice do I have <laughs> as a fan <laughs> of Tennessee? You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to be angry. I'm just, you know, if he doesn't do well, he doesn't do well. If, if we have NCA sanctions and he gets us through it, then hey, appreciate your help. S- you know, have a nice time back in the AAC or group
1: of five wherever you are here's your 12 million dollar buyout right. um <laughs> here's the thing i i think it serves a per i think he checks a lot of boxes from the standpoint that he is an established head coach as opposed to a first-time head coach um maybe he wasn't where they wanted things to be at ucf but if if Danny White is this kingmaker that, that a lot of folks made him out to be when he got there, when you look back at Leapold at Buffalo and all and Nate Oates and all that the coaches that he has hired both at Buffalo and at UCF, then maybe you maybe you extend him that again. I don't know. Um I'm just impressed that they were actually able to get a division one head coach and get it done before signing day. And I think there's yeah. some value to that.
2: I think there's some value. I, I think w- w- with this moving forward, because look, I, I, I don't think anyone's surprised that one, that, you know, there were reported overtures to so like Luke Fickle, James Franklin, you know, I mean, you, you know, PJ Fleck has made it clear that he was approached, um, yeah, you know, and no one is surprised that that you don't get one of those coaches in in this situation. I mean, I, I did think maybe Danny White, that stability, that perceived stability, when you are going to pay him one point eight million to be your AD, you have to feel better about that than you would about like Philip Fulmer still being the AD, right? So, I mean, this is a you know has been a very successful AD. I thought maybe it would you know. Would widen the, the potential field a little bit, but still, I agree. I mean, you're this is probably around the profile you're getting, but to me, I mean, I just, I just think Jamie Chadwell has demonstrated more in what he has done. Billy Napier has demonstrated more, and frankly, I'd I'd be more excited about Will Healy uh, getting this job right now. A guy who I, I do believe will be a successful power five coach than um, Josh Heupel. Now, that's just me, uh, but but those those are some names that are going to be tracked and compared now to what happens here with Hypo. and maybe he'll prove everyone wrong. I do – look, I like – I mean, obviously he has explosive offenses. Uh, he's been good with cornerbacks. Those, those are great things, especially relative to what Tennessee just got out of. I mean, that's really, to me, why Jeremy Pruitt doesn't have his job is because they couldn't develop a quarterback. They were stuck to Garantano too long, and it just it was just a bad, archaic offense under Jim Chaney. You know, Josh Heupel's offense has been explosive. I also think the counter to that is, you know, like especially when he was at Missouri, um, you know, it, there was a moment in time for this these tempo passing offenses where people really struggled with them, and it's not as much that anymore. Now, if you have, you know, if you have talent, like better talent, which is what he's had at UCF, Relative to most of his conference peers, and it's it's remains that explosive. I do wonder what it will look like at Tennessee against SEC defenses, and and then of course, you know, what's he going to do on defense? That'll be very interesting, and that's that's going to be very important. Um, But recruiting is probably my biggest concern with this guy because it's just not when you inherit that kind of program, absolutely, you know, Group of Five King program and your recruiting starts slipping below other programs in the AAC, that kind of goes to what I've heard from a lot of people, which is this guy just doesn't have a dynamic personality. And I understand that selling a program and all that stuff is secondary, I think, in a place like Tennessee to being a good coach, but I still think it's a part of it. Um, And, I mean, you've got to recruit in some really, really rough waters to have enough talent to compete in this league.
1: Can your staff make up for that?
2: You better hope so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> T yeah, Martin yeah. better not leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, if if you've got if you've got great recruiters on your staff, then you don't have to be. You know, the funny thing, like I, I think of like a Nick Saban. It, it, I've always been amazed um, <laughs> because you know, I, I covered Nick Saban long, long ago when he was way grouchier than now, but it was always <laughs> amazing to hear people back then even say, like Nick Saban in the living room, as a closer, he's unbelievable. He's just incredible. I'm like, that guy? That personality? Isn't that hard but, to believe? It is. But, you know, even as a guy who obviously he has, he's in a position where you delegate, and but he's still a closer. But, but to your point, well, I mean, yes. I mean, you, you get a, a great recruiting staff that can make up for what you lack there. It also makes me think of Pruitt's staff a little bit because I think he made some choices on staff that were about recruiting and then, you know, then your on-field coaching can suffer and then you're firing people, you know, three games into a season and things (laughs) like that. But, but still, I mean, you can find great recruiters out there and you would think that, you know, Tennessee still to me is a very attractive place to work. And, you know, if you, if you know now, I think that's where Danny White could still help too is, There is, to me, a sense of – there's got to be a sense of, you know, increased stability with him in place Um, and maybe, you know, the idea that, you know what, Tennessee's gotten pretty close to rock bottom, so maybe a coach now would have a little bit more time. Even if the fans don't like that idea, maybe that's reality at Tennessee now.
0: Here's the thing, Joe. Josh Heupel being an offensive guy, I think fans would have – would be – I guess not okay with, but would feel better about losing to Florida fifty-one to thirty-five or sixty-three to forty-eight to Alabama than what we've seen over the last couple of years. You know how I know that because that's how bad Lane Kiffin lost to them, and they wanted him.
1: <laughs> so right.
0: my, I guess my point is, if we're gonna lose. At least score points. Don't be inept on offense.
1: And and it's funny that you say that because as as I scrolled through Twitter, as we so often do, I've come across at the Smoky Ball. This was in the last minute. It says Josh Heifel scores points, knows what asparagus is, knows how to wear a mask, would start the best QB on the roster, can speak English, looks like a nice enough guy. This is all I need.
2: Well, there you go. that's how low the bar is. <laughs> well,
1: apparently. And, and apparently Danny White figured that out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, because he was in Orlando like day two.
0: Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you compare him to Pruitt, uh, you can, you know, there's some things to like. But I, I do agree, like, you can't be bad and boring now, you know. I mean, offenses are flat out winning. And this is at the college and at the NFL level. They are flat out winning right now. So, when you have a season like last year, where it's like, my gosh, can you like string together three completions in a row? Um, you well, when Tennessee. defenses
1: are outscoring you, Kentucky has two pick sixes. I
2: mean, <laughs> right.
1: there's that. Yeah. When their defense is scoring more than your offense, that's not a good day.
2: Yes, no, no, no doubt. So, I mean, that's. I mean, that I, I think. I think certainly a Tennessee fan can have some optimism over, you know, the offense um, being more fun to watch and the quarterbacks being, you know, better equipped and better groomed and all that stuff. You know, I still – I will say that with Pruitt, I, I think he had the right idea in terms of, like, you have to get way better in the trenches. And I think he did offensively. I don't think they did enough defensively. And I mean, you know, we can make all the jokes you want about recruiting with Pruitt and everything. But I mean, <laughs> look, it's the SEC. I mean, you know, you can't be sloppy and get caught cheating. That's what you can't do. Well, they didn't get um, caught. Let's, <laughs> let's just let's, let, let's, that's a good point. Let's clarify that. that. <laughs> caught by themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, And do you think that that's going to make a difference, Joe? Do you think that, and we've talked about that on this show, is the self-reporting, is that going to make a huge difference in the penalties you see from the NCAA? Because the NCAA doesn't want to maybe discourage people from self-reporting, right?
2: I mean, you would think so. You would think it would have some impact. It certainly doesn't. To me, I mean, it doesn't mean whatever Tennessee, you know, like they're just scot free now. I mean, no. but yeah, I mean, I mean, you you've got to uh, incentivize, yeah, just like you want to deter <laughs> cheating. You've got to incentivize, uh, you know, uh, um, turning on in. yourself, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would think so. I mean, you know, I, I think with that whole thing, and I'm sure, you know, that's somewhat tied to where they ended up here. Although I, I still think it's probably, I, I don't think the worry of sanctions would be a big deterrent to coaches. I mean, they're going to get something, but without having seen every single line, having heard a, I've heard quite a few things that I think we'll read in the report, and I haven't, I haven't read the whole thing. I think there's some stuff in there that's like, Ooh boy. But I mean, I think they're looking at scholarship reductions, probably a postseason ban one year. Maybe some limitations on you know visits and things like that, but that's not that's not going to scare a coach away from a, like a job like this. What scares them away is how did this come about and why did they tell on themselves? Mm. Because no matter exactly how it came about, it looks like an attempt to get out of a buyout. Well, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: don't,
1: it, I don't know who's I don't know who's questioning that at this and, point. And so the question becomes: if they'll do that once. What stops him from doing it a second time, Doctor Phil?
2: Yeah, exactly. And and what kind of I mean, what what's the leadership structure there? You know, I mean, it's I mean, I think that's I think last time around, before we even got to all this Gano stuff and everything, I think that I was really surprised by at least a couple of the coaches who said no thanks. And I mean, that's all I can come up with at that point is like, wh- what's the leadership? How stable is it? What's the booster situation? You know, things like that. I mean, I think. That scares people off. And, and something like this, no way that helps. And they'll they'll swear until the end of time that it was just honestly came about by, you know, they had a whistleblower and they had information and they went after it, and just like any program would do. But we all know that any program doesn't do that. Most programs that they have with their coach does everything they can to avoid getting in trouble for things like that.
1: We're with Joe Rickshrode of The Athletic. Joe, do you feel like, particularly bringing in an offensive coach like a Heifel, does this get Eric Gray to come back out of the transfer portal? Does this kind of stop the bleeding as far as the guys bailing out of there?
2: What What do you think as far as that goes? That's a great question. Um, I would think that, you know, it's possible with a Gray and maybe some other guys, if and I'm trying to remember, I thought there was some kind of indication even on Toto, that it wasn't necessarily, like, 100% gone now. Um, I would think that you – and maybe there yeah, – I'm sure there are other guys who have been considering it, maybe waiting to see who the coach is. So, maybe – and once you, once you actually hire someone, okay, who is this guy? Let's talk to this guy. Let's see what's up. And, yeah, I mean, I would think offensive players would be intrigued uh, for playing in this. Um, you know, but you also – I mean, Jeremy Pruitt built this team to play power football, right? And so now it's going to be at least you – know, I mean, offensively, I think you're going to talk – you're talking about a different scheme, very different, and you're talking about different kinds of players. I mean, you know, even like you look at the offensive line, you're probably talking about lighter, more mobile guys, things like that. Um, so I don't know, like is a running back super intrigued by a system like this? I mean, I think I would – if I was – I'd say, hey – in the NFL, if you want to last in that league, you're going to be a heck of a pass catcher. In this offense, we're going to throw the ball to you. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's to be the selling point. But some running backs are like, well, I like I like Tennessee because uh, we ran off tackle. And, you know, I got – so I I think it's got to give you an opportunity with some of those guys anyway.
0: I certainly think it's going to be a an interesting chain of events starting today at 11.30 now as we – have heard the press conference has been pushed back to eleven thirty, but it starts today. I mean, it's well, it started last week with the hiring of Danny White, but today is when we find out, you know, the, the direction of the Tennessee program and where it's going to go. And as a fan of the Tennessee program, to me, I mean, I think it's time to just let it go. So we're going to let it ride, Joe. See what happens.
2: What? Yeah, I mean, what what else can you do, really? You know, I, I mean, it's. I mean, hey, at some point, one of these hires may actually be a pleasant surprise. You know? <laughs>
0: well, it's like it's like I said earlier this week. You know, I was pretty excited about uh, Butch <laughs> Jones. I was really excited about Jeremy Pruitt. And, you know, if, if they give me a hire that I'm not that excited about, well, clearly we're going in the
2: right direction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> there you go. Here we go. Joe, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We really appreciate it, man.
2: Okay, guys. Thanks for
0: having me. See you later. Joe Rexford of The Athletic on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline.